Another day, a new day. Come on in, divine all Bondage is now I am free. Da 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 da
Greetings, 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 divine all blessed greetings and salutations, and welcome yet again to another edition of Evolutionary Revolutionary Hoodoo New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes. Divine all peace and love, elevation and revelation, elevation, revelation, and manifestation. You are now sitting live with me and always in archive at your leisure and convenience with the Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, advisor, Alagoon Oloye Hudu Obeya Bokur, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African Hudu world spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing if you can just see beyond the veil, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is indeed my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and it is my ever-living reality. It is crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my walk, my talk, my being, my demonstration, my reason for being here each and every day here before you on this live broadcast, this live uh, podcast, and it is my personal place of power and understanding. It is indeed the place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is, I say. Today is Thursday, May 7th, 2020. I don't know what day it is in terms of this calamity that we are now experiencing. Um, Believe it or not, I actually did not account. I have been counting back since the day that I became aware, since the day that I made my adjustments, since the day that Hollywood South sort of made their adjustments. I can remember the last day I was on set. Um, I can remember the last day I was out and about um, in public, if you will. But I can't really remember. Can you, when this began globally, nationally, you know, the dates keep moving. The details keep moving. And we talked uh, in a more recent show about relative truth, relative truth, that thing where we can sort of separate and, and divide truth based on our own experience, based on what we believe we know and understand, based on our own present moment in, in time space with any amount of information. So I've always invited you, as I've always done on this show, to use your Internet, use your devices, use the social media platforms that are indeed available to you for a higher purpose, for a higher reason, for a higher cause. Connect with your brothers, your sisters, your community, and those who might not necessarily be just like you. But find out what the experience of others are on the planet in, in terms of trying to make a, a well-founded decision, <laughs> you know, a well-founded comment about something that's so pandemic um, um, proportion. I 
visit Nigeria every day. I visit Cameroon and Ghana every day. First, by way of this show, I take great pride in the uh, map that is associated with the blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen print, a platform in which I broadcast, audio broadcast from. Um, It's where I began my podcasting, if you will, was in Blog Talk Radio. I first got into Blog Talk Radio in 2008, a few years after Hurricane Katrina, and I've remained there uh, for the most part uh, over the over the course of, of those years. And so I appreciate having that audience geograph- geographical map that comes with the Blog Talk Radio platform. Uh, if you are familiar, if you haven't join Block Talk Radio. If you don't follow me on Block Talk Radio, I invite you now to explore yet another platform voices to hear opinions, to hear information, to hear music, to hear and experience ideas beyond just the limitations of our own little wax box that, that many of us tend to live and have our being in every single day. Um, some of you are only getting your news from Some of you are only getting your news from Fox. Some of you are only getting your news from WhatsApp and Facebook and Instagram memes and posts. Some of you claim not to read the newspaper. Some of you claim not to read the digital available uh, news outlets. Some of you claim not to watch the news. So I I question where, where do you get your details, where do you get your information? How do you, and, and I'm not talking about spirituality right now necessarily. I'm talking about how do you get your fact, your point of reference for the weather, the weather, you know, literally and figuratively. In all things, I acknowledge first ancestors. For indeed, without them, we wouldn't have our being. Without my grandma, my grandpa, and my great-grandma, and my great-grandpa, and those who survived the Middle Passage and those who built great kingdoms and and great nations in the ancient world, for those who, you know, made that transition from human to Neanderthal and back to human again, and for all those ancestors that exist even before our frame of reference, even before our scientific uh, uh, archaeological frame of, of, of reference, even before our awareness, for indeed, we give thanks for ancestors seen and unseen, ancestors known and, un- and unknown. Those who exist within us that are little understood thousands of years, if not millions of years, down the, the chain of existence to who and what we are today. For, in- for indeed, our reality precedes Earth. Understand this. Earth <laughs> precedes Earth. All of the mineral compositions and the nano diamonds and, and our water has all come from the cosmos and, and have come here by way of asteroids or, or comets or, or other, uh, again, scientific events that predate our awareness, our, our petty, limited, earthbound understanding. And so we acknowledge the great powers that we have our very being in all things that we say or do. And then, of course, I always acknowledge the, the forces of the day, 
you know, Hobatala, indeed, the fashioner of our physical form, the fashioner of our, our body, and all the other deities that we acknowledge within the ritual calendar of things. For indeed, you can have the calendar down. You can pray five times a day. You can gather together in your temples and your in your spiritual storehouses, you know, for Juma, you know, or, or, or on Saturday or on Sunday or, or whatever your ritual, physical day might be. But we now live in a different time of spirit. Understand, it's a new day. It's a new time. It's a new day. It's a new hour. No sense of the reality that we January 1st, exists now. Everything is transforming. Everything is changing. Everything is in a, in a point of, of mutation and not just the virus, <laughs> but humanity, society, government, systems, if you will. And indeed, those systems spill over into our virtual world of social media. I know y'all are tired of hearing about. I know y'all are tired of hearing about the Russian influence in, in the political process. Some of you don't care about the political process, and I get that. I didn't say I understood it. I, I, I said I get that. I understand people taking that position, but I take the position. The more that I know, the more that I can understand, the more that I can then understand, the greater my ability. To stand as a God, stand as a God, stand within my power right here, right now in this divine moment in time space. And B, all the affirmations that I proclaim in my B affirmation. Let's be clear, it's not a poem. It's not a chant. It's not a mantra. It's not a prayer. The B affirmations represent what I represent in this now moment in time space. And I'm humbled that many, too, of you resonate with, can identify with, can stand in your own being, capital B, capital E, I-N-D. Stand in your own being, and particularly right now in this weather. Some want to use military-like terminology. I've done that. But I like to use weather event-like terminology. Stand in this weather. Know that we can't necessarily control the weather, but we can prepare, we can protect, we can protect ourselves, we can protect our own. We can do all those things that we know are important. We, we can choose to be storm chasers. You don't have to run out into the store. You don't have to run out there, you know, into things because any of your media outlets might say you should, or your government heads might say that you should. You know, or, or, or your peer group might suggest that you that you should be erudite in your list of being affirmations. Be erudite. Be well studied. Be well read. Be well exposed to information, and, and don't fear information. It's the lack of information that that builds on and 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 and, and fills into the vortex of anxiety of fear. I've discussed this uh, quantum metaphysical equation in, in previous broadcasts, in previous years, how positive energy needs power, positive energy and feeds 
of positive energy and grows and expands and doubles and triples and multiplies, whereas negative energy, like a black hole, like a vortex, needs and craves that energy but sucks it in into this, this unusable space that feeds anxiety, that feeds fear, that feeds your sense of apprehension, that feeds our, our sense of, of what we don't know. We've all heard, you know, the fear of what we don't know. So, you know, Labor Day Virgo that I am, I like to know things. I like to read and study and be exposed to and hear other opinions and not necessarily always have that gatekeeper that we all have that, that is so quick to shut out the other voice, that's so quick to shut out the other opinion, that's so quick to uh, not want to see and, and experience through someone else's demonstration viable information that might be useful to you and yours. I appreciate my active participants in the show. I appreciate my callers. I appreciate those who type their uh, questions and comments in all capital letters in the live chat, uh, which makes it easier for both myself and um, Kiona to to see them. A neophyte vocor, um, what type of recipes? Uh, uh, salad recipes? Breakfast recipes? <laughs> what type of recipes are you talking about? And, and, and to what degree of my specialty are you asking me now to share and give away? <laughs> For you live here on, on, on air. So come on in. Come on in. Greetings. Come on in. Greetings, beloved. Uh, become the sea. Welcome. 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 Raina Love, welcome. Jay White, greetings, beloved. Thank you so much for always being a part of the show. What are some uses for fragrance? Oh, Kiana, fragrance and aromatherapy therapy, and questions about recipes, neophyte, Bokur, uh, tourist. Um, we know we can go all the way back to the ancient world and, and look at both recipes, so the usage of herbs, roots, plants, resin, produce, and in some cases, even organic matter and oil. Um, who discovered, you know, uses for uh, oil glands and oil fat, you know, from animals that now show up in some of your most expensive perfumes? And, and how aware are, are many of you of what exists in your commercial perfume products? How many of you are really, really aware? And so um, I like the question about both herbs, plants, roots, fragrances, if you will, Kiana, but also um, aromatherapy. Early in my journey, um, and I some of you like to know my, my, my experience and my background and what qualifies me to say and do what I do here. Um, early in my journey, one of the things that I was first attracted to were the Ansuru. The Ansuru... Um, used to wear all white, wrap their head in all white. Uh, back in the 70s, you only saw male on uh, You never saw any women associated with that community back, back in that time. And these were the brothers in Philadelphia, in D.C., in Chicago, in New York, uh, and to some degree in Atlanta, who introduced oil and incense into the black community. 
Now, now we're talking about the 1970s, so we're also talking about a resurgence, not not so much a, a jumping off point for black consciousness, but a resurgence of of a different degree of of so-called black consciousness, which included now religion, spirituality, and not just politics, not just civil rights, not just liberty and and liberation, but now the introduction of um, religion beyond just the church, you know, Islam and and Hebrew Israelites, and um, subsequently Ansuru evolved into what you all know today um, as the remnants of of Dr. York and the comedic uh, movement and and people's sort of interest and attraction um, with becoming new Wafu and and new Wafian and and all the various uh, new derivatives of really a platform that um, Dr. York, also known by many other names, sort of spearheaded back in the 1970s. Um, and so that was for me when frankincense and myrrh, if you will, and, and other uh, aromas and fragrances that I had only seen reference in a book like the Bible or, or in magical books when that became something that was real for me. Uh, patchouli, the first time I ever smelled patchouli, had an awareness of patchouli. Um, the first taste in, in the uses of patchouli was in buying it from the, um, the Ansuru. So that was my introduction, if you will, to fragrance, but also, more importantly, neophyte Bokur's question about recipes. So, so understanding fragrances, um, plants, resins, because frankincense is a resin, um, dragon's blood is a resin, um, and their uses for protection, the idea of, of, of prosperity and, and retribution and, and, and love and ritual work. Somebody's always at the door when we're on a deep topic, right? Give me a moment, y'all, to respond to the door. I will be forward momentarily. All of the blessings.
I got a police chief pad. Area code 713, I can see you from here. I'll open your mic momentarily. Just give me a moment to get myself together. As you all know, I stay at home. I follow the rules. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> so it all has to be brought to me. So unfortunately, it always happens right in the middle of the show. Um, so, so let me get back before I, I lose my train of thought. So in referencing fragrance and recipes. So it was through the Ansuru that I was introduced to um, sort of these uh, historic and ancient uh, potions and, and lotions and concoctions and their usage for spiritual work, spiritual growth. Um, they have just like voodoo and, and, and hoodoo and conjure um, have evolved with time um, and with awareness. What was once seen as, as something more sacred, if you will, has now brought it to a more uh, carnal, uh, material, um, instant gratification type perspective, and, and particularly when we look at our Britannica. So if any kind of uh, recipe that I would buy, um, if it's not a resin, you know, something that we are not able to create and, and make here, um, then I'm, I'm much more likely to create it myself or to uh, acquire it from, from nature. So, um, and again, I responded to both questions, um, fragrance, but also recipes. So um, my first idea about recipes uh, goes back to my original question. What type of recipes? What, what are you talking about doing? What are you talking about creating? What type of response are you looking to, to get or to elicit? Um, and, and I need you to respond to that, either in the chat or uh, with me on the phone lines at 845-277-9143, I'm Eric Code 713. Your mic is open. Greetings, beloved. Who's calling and where are you calling from? Teacher, this is Sean Wynn. Greetings, beloved. Thank you so much for being with us. Where are you calling good, from? Good, good. Uh, I live in uh, in Temple in Colleen. Mm-hmm. Greetings. Texas. What's your question? What's well, your question? I I I had a dream uh, at once once, and I was talking to someone in my dream, and uh, in the midst of in between waking up and being asleep, I seen a, a shadow uh, go across the wall or. Uh, it had yellow. It had the background. Uh, the eyes was yellow, and the pupils was black. And I, I, I believe it was a spirit. But ten years, and it's almost twofold. Um, can can a spirit? Because I, I was talking to somebody, but like I said, once I opened my eyes, I seen it slide across the room. But I, I was saying, well, did I let that out? And you know, I was. You know, I'm not scared of of these things. I try to. I stop to come here, you know what I'm saying, but it slid so fast. So can 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 a spirit slide out between sleeping and waking? And can you uh, uh, tell me about uh, the fear? Because like I said, overcoming the fear of these uh, of entities or to say. So um, I'm a, I appreciate you, man. You're looking good as always. So um, I, I appreciate if you can help me out with that. 
Thank you kindly. Sure, no problem. Um, well, well, first, yes, a spirit can move between dimensional spaces um, because it is indeed a spirit, um, spirit realm. If it's coming through the the uh, um, inter or intra dimensional spaces, then indeed it can move from reality, just like ideas can move from your imagination to reality. The the sense mm-hmm. that that something, the the sense that something might be out there. You know, um, it, it's late at night, it's dark. You, you hear a bump. You're not sure if it's you know, the small rodent, you know, or, or, or the, the big human monster, you know, coming into your house. There's that yeah, yeah. gray area where your imagination intersects with reality and the spirit realm. So, indeed, spirit, gen, demon, can can slide in, in, in and out of those dimensional uh, spaces. Now, however, uh, they can't, they can't, like, control your mind. They can't control your, your, your will. They can only create the illusion of something that gives you the opportunity to walk into, to volunteer into. So it's as simple as learning how people override their fear, how people override their fear of heights, for instance, or, or maybe their fear of elevators. Um, some people can't go over bridges, you know, and, and, and so how do you live if you, if you live on an island? Or, or you live in New yeah. Orleans, and you might have to cross the river. You know, so yeah. so people can absolutely learn to overcome come these um, experiences, whether they be gin or real legitimate fear. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm not scared. You know what I'm saying? When I see just this, this, such a thing, you know, and, and I'm I'm just curious about my like I say, hey, wait a minute, you know. But like before. I could say to what to the come saying. I mean, be it a gene, be it an ancestor, be it any type of spiritual form to stop it and try to question uh, that. But I'm gonna get off the phone, man. I know you're busy. I'm gonna get back on YouTube, and if you can just answer that, brother, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, I didn't quite understand that question, though. I, well, what what I was saying is that uh, that. Being not being scared and and trying to question the being, you know, like you say, why are you here? You know, what what are you doing? Um, you know, what like you said, what is it that that I, you know, like to to to, to communicate with it to to try to understand more? Because like I said, when people see spirit, you know, we train to be scared of the spirit. Can you understand what I'm saying? But but to to try to stop yeah. it and communicate with it. I know it sounds far fetched, but okay. But but you're you're not you're not asking a question. You, you're you're giving me bits of opinions. You're giving me bits of your ideas about something. But technically, you, you right now you didn't ask me a question. Oh, <laughs> I understand. I know when we look at it from um from a a, a, a biblical perspective from the magical book, even that says test the spirit. Know is it of God. Um, and so, in any occasion, you're going to test the spirit. You're going to test the thought. You're going to test the emotion. Um, is it real or is if it's not real? I mean, as simple as, am I really hungry or not? You know, some people don't process that at all, and and they eat and they just eat, and they might eat 
and they might not even be hungry. Some people eat on schedule, you know, because society or the rule books say, you know, you got to eat three meals a day, you know. Um, but we all learn to, to deal with degrees of hunger um, individually, specifically, um, just like we learn to deal with, with degrees of fear individually and, and specifically. So um, that's why I'm not clear about what exactly is your question. Um, you're always going to question um, your thoughts. I do, you know, your ideas, your feelings about certain things, you know, um, you're always going to question those things. Um, and, and a healthy mind would question those things. So, of course, if it's showing up as a, as a spirit, um, as having some level of consciousness, you would want to challenge that. You, you, would want, you wouldn't just want, want that running through your house or your body or your mind or your thought process without some clarity, uh, if you will, about what, what the meaning is, if nothing else. What, 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 what's behind uh, the apparition? What's behind of uh, uh, the movement. Mm-hmm. I am so distracted right now. I've got people in my yard. I've got people dinging and pinging on my phone. My chat keeps moving on me, and there's so many questions in the chat right now. Um, I'm not even sure I'm addressing everything. Um, kill me no, I appreciate cover. it, man. I, I know you're busy. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. And please do continue to call in with your questions, your comments, your requests. Um, if I open your mic, your mic will always remain open unless you hang up um, on your own. You can always, of course, mute your own background noise if there is any. Uh, but you're welcome to come back in at some later point if you have a question. Um, yeah, a yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to catch up with you a little later on. Thank you, man. Colors are pertinent to manifesting. Uh, but just with as is with fragrances and recipes, um, what are the specifics? <laughs> you know, what are the specifics? Um, there is there is this idea out there, and again, I, I talk about it in a, in a different way, in a new way, almost every day. But there is this idea out there that is being created by pop culture, that's being created by social media that's been created by books, that somehow um, it's easy as one, two, three. It's as easy as mixing up A, B, and C. Um, And, of course, I can get the right mix, get the right combination, get the right uh, recipe, you know, without much of any real foundation in the process, and I can expect some some kind of magical result. And, and this isn't necessarily something that's about the ego of humanity, more so than it is sort of the subliminal messages imprinted in modern culture. You know, the other day I talked about technology. I talked about uh, the drive-through, the, the 7-Eleven uh, idea. Um, today I'm going to talk about box macaroni and cheese. <laughs> box mac and cheese. Is it macaroni and cheese or is it mac and cheese? And so if we're talking about macaroni and cheese, the macaroni and cheese that I know, you have to boil pasta. You had to dice up some, some cheeses, usually three or four different kind of cheese. Okay. 
you had to add some other ingredients, maybe some heavy cream, maybe some eggs, you know, maybe some milk. Mac and cheese ain't macaroni and cheese. And, and what's the powder? I, I didn't call any brand, but what's the powder? What, what's in the powder? How real is that powder? How, how organic is that powder? How healthy is that powder? How safe is that powder, really? You know, in a little packet with your box, mac and cheese. And some of you might say, oh, that mac and cheese in a box is good. It's great. But don't compare it to my grandma's Thanksgiving uh, oven-baked <laughs> macaroni and cheese. And so I'm always in conflict. It's not personal to any person who asks the question. It's personal to who I am and how I'm wired. Are you asking me for mac and cheese or are you asking me for my oven-baked recipe uh, about how to do, how to fix, how to repair? I, I remember we had this concept back in the day about playing church, about playing church. And, and Keona invokes that sometimes in, in some of her commentary, you know, we, we were in church, many of us, because we were forced to be or, or we didn't know anything else. It's what everybody else is doing. You know, it, it's the ideology of, of society and, and the government and it's on the money and, and et cetera, et cetera. And there were very few that were there based on conscious choice, conscious decision, constant will, sort of what we all claim to be on now, a, a journey where we are aware of and we pick and choose and we're reading and we're well informed and then we choose a practice or religion. So back in the day, we called that playing church, playing church. And so now people are running from the church, the mosque, the organized mainstream, uh, quote unquote, religious structures, and, and are indeed needing to replace that with something, needing to fill that with something, needing now a new direction to go in. But let's not play church. Let's not play hoodoo. Let's not play rule worker and conjure. Let's not play at it. Let this really be a part of our demonstration. And the part of the conversation that some of you just don't want to hear and accept is the homework. <laughs> It's the homework because it's more than just having the right formula. Well, well, let me mix some salt and some pepper and some paprika and some sugar. and That still don't make a cake. That still don't make a pie. It still don't make your cornbread. It still don't make your mac and cheese, you know, tasty. You know, so I, I want to create practitioners healers, readers, uh, astrologers, um, numerologists, you know, and various, various other disciplines with people who have some real roots in the tradition. I can't, I can't be a part of the pop cultural thing. I just can't, even if I wanted to. And the minute I showed up here and did that, y'all would call me fake. Y'all would call me out for being phony. Okay, so I have to give it to you 100. I have to give it to you, keep it real. And so 
if you give me a general question, I, I'm not going to give you a quote unquote general answer, but I'm going to take you back to, okay, sorry, I came into this smell fragrance recipe through Aunt Suru. At that time, growing up in Chicago, growing up in D.C., growing up in Maryland, I grew up in several places. Growing up in St. Louis, that's what I was first exposed to. Each generation is exposed to consciousness. Each generation is exposed to spirit practice, religion, tradition. And it's almost like it's brand new again with each generation. So that's how I and maybe my generation, those born in the 60s, in the mid to late 60s, came into this. And so there's that religion attachment to it. There's that spiritual attachment to it. And many of you first heard, seen, read frankincense and myrrh in the Bible. Seen, read, heard dragon's blood in in a magical book. Um, And and these books that are marketed to, to us so that we feed the botanicas, <laughs> so that we feed the retail suppliers who often have no connection to the spirit work, to the spirit practice at all. Um, I often, when creating recipes, go first to my garden, first to my yard, first to what I can cut, clip, harvest, pull up in my neighborhood, in my community. So if you live in the city or in some suburbs where almost every house looks the same and almost every driveway looks the same and almost every entryway looks the same, and you, you may not necessarily see this in, in nature where you are. So now you have to begin gardening. Now you have to learn how to pot plant. Now you have to learn how to root clipping and, and now create new new garden techniques that do fit into the new modern context of how we live. So um, basil, do you have basil on hand? Are you growing sage? It's already May 7th. How much sage are you growing? How much um, peppermint and how many varieties of peppermint are you growing? In terms of building your, um, we could look at essential oils. Um, and again, I was introduced to oil through through the Absolute movement, and that grew, gradually picked up popularity. Um, going into the early '80s, then everybody was wearing it, uh, and particularly in the in the black neighborhood, almost everyone was wearing it. Um, if I had it on, then you smelt it on the train, then you smelt it on the subway, then you smelt it in the office space, and then of course the questions would come. Oh, well, what is that? And where'd you get that from? And I like how that smell. And, and, and often those people were interested in the smell. Oh, that smells good. They weren't interested in what Keon is asking about, about fragrances and how fragrances affect manifesting our ability to create and recreate a reality that, that our interest. Um, when we look at, I started talking about technology of commercial perfumes hormones and pheromones and the like, we're going now back into nature. So nature has created a system by which uh, men and women, boys and girls, you know, uh, smell a particular way naturally. I don't mean funk. I mean naturally. If you're eating healthy, if you're eating the right foods, if you're exercising, if you're living a particular way, 
we naturally give off a particular pheromone, a particular hormone, a particular scent that the animal kingdom, that nature, is still well fined into, uh, uh, well fine tuned in into. Um, there are dogs, for instance, that can actually smell cancer, that can actually smell disease. So the creation of fragrance and env- an environment that's conducive to manifesting, Kiona, and manifesting what you want and what's in line with your energy and your present spirit journey um, is important in terms of choosing the fragrances that you, that you operate in. When I'm thinking about uh, color and manifesting, um, I'm also looking at, um, you know, everybody's coloring blue. Everybody's coloring red. Everybody don't look good in purple. Everybody don't look good in white. So, so we're not only just looking at those special charts that are in all the books, all the crystal books are in all of the, the uh, astrology books, and they give you sort of this generic interpretation of, of the rainbow color system. Um, it, it goes back to how I described music the other day. You know, it's do, re, do, and we can all learn scale, and the scale is universal, you know, and, and you got your white keys and your black keys, you know, on, on the piano. But then whether you're Tracy Chapman or Lauren Hill or Erica Badu or um, uh, somebody more new, um, like she, your sound, your tone, your harmony, and your self-creation might be different, might be individualized. So they all had to learn to work that scale. They all had to learn to work those notes. They all had to work what's available to them and, and identify what resonates. Um, I learned what resonated for me color-wise and fragrance-wise. Um, and even in terms of recipes, through journaling, I wrote down what day I, wo- I wore frankincense. I wore, wrote down what day I wore oud. I wrote down what day I wore tamale rolls. I, I wrote down what day I wore jasmine, you know, and then what the subsequent response might be, what I dreamt that day, what may have manifest for me, around me that day, but also what might not have happened, what might have seemed blocked, what might have seemed altered in some way by what I was doing. Um, I also like to look at it like life. It's like a chessboard. And so we can come out and go to the left or go to the right. But that move then subsequently determines every other move that then follows. And so that's going to be unique to you. That's going to be specific to you. Um, for me, prosperity and, and manifesting and color, I'm going to use every color, color, resonates with, what that color does, and then how that plays into what I manifest. So, for instance, we know that the chakra system gives you the centers on the body, sort of these spinning flowers, these spinning wheels that exist within us that then affect the output, the manifestation of that, of that, that uh, particular chakra. And so we know that if your fifth chakra, for instance, is blocked, we know that the fifth chakra resonates with 
blue. So when you're being projective, you might increase your blue. But also when you're filling blocks, you might increase your blue. And, of course, it's going to respond to how you resonate with blue. Now, somebody like me who's not necessarily a talker, but I'm articulate by nature. Some of y'all think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a talker. I'm really not. People who know me will tell you I'm, I'd much rather be quiet than talk. I'd much rather be doing something, be studying something, reading something, examining something, engaged in something out here that then requires me to make a shift in here than to just talk and, and hold conversation. I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy you invite to the party who has all the jokes to tell and, and has so much to say unless someone asks me some specific question, <laughs> you know, that resonates with who and what and, and where I am. So I'm, I'm not going to necessarily heighten up my blue. I may tone down my blue. You don't actually wear a lot of blue if you think about it. I'm much more apt to wear purple or red or yellow or gold or black. And, and it has to do with my own unique and personal res, res, um, resonance with those colors with those colors. So look at your relationship. First get a baseline for color and color systems, which is universal. There, there is a straight line across astrology, numerology, crystal books, spiritual healing books, new age books that is consistent, relatively consistent, chakra books and, and a color scale. We, we think of purple, being up here, think of black, brown, gray, identical colors being closer to the ground, closer to the to the first chakra. So there is absolutely a baseline understanding of what colors mean, what they represent, what they hold for us. Uh, we, we know that green can represent health, can represent prosperity, can represent um, healing. You know, we see green in hospitals, but we also see green in prisons um, where they might be trying to create an environment that might tone people down. So you might be using green to increase your pocketbook, but what shade of green? What's the resonance? What's the vibration of that that green? So, so even in the conversation, we say red, yellow, blue, green, and that's so general. <laughs> It's so general until we really understand the science. And so there's no way I, I can talk about anything without discussing the homework. I mean, it's just part and partial to operating in any science, in any artistry, in any system. You might want to be a rapper. You, you, you might want to be a singer. You might want to be a lyricist. But you got to learn how to write. And you got to learn how to navigate words. And you got to learn grammar, you know, uh, in some cases, foreign languages and, and other creative usages of, of grammar. So there's no real shortcut to, to any of your thought-provoking um, questions. Yes, there are humans who can smell a disease. There, there are people who can, can feel colors or smell colors. Kiona. 
there are people who can um, um, visualize in, in a third-dimensional, third fourth-dimensional imagery certain names. Um, you often hear me say, what's your name and where are you calling from? That's more than just what radio show hosts do when they answer the phone for me. It's also my way of sort of locking in on your energy, particularly if I can't see you. You're not here on camera with me. You're not here physically in my space, you know, to do the reading. So I need, and for those of you who might be coming to get a reading from me in the future, I don't need to hear the details of the reading. I don't need to hear the details of why you're calling me. I need to hear the subject matter, and then I need to hear the resonance in your voice. So even in the telling of your story, just like Big Mama, she's listening to your story. She can tell if you're lying or not. She can tell if you eliminated details or not. She can tell if you embellished or not. She can tell if, if, if you're telling half-truths or not. Big Mama. And she's using her natural women intuition. She's using her natural mother instinct. She's using her natural humanistic uh, accessibility to intuition. So um, I need to hear. I need details. I need context, you know, in order to tap, if you will, sort of that, that energy. But um, there are things that I can smell, feel, see, hear that I don't necessarily have to make a, a, a physical connection with. And, and those shows show up as various forms of spiritual gifts, spiritual manifestation, uh, which I've mentioned uh, a few days back. Why is it that we pick on and we choose to exploit um, tarot or astrology and horoscopes or, or runes or, or crystals? Um, I'm thinking about all that's popular, all that's commonly known, all that's excretingly visible uh, online or, or in social media. And some of you who know me know I'm, I'm being shady. Why is it that we latch on to what we see, what's in front of us, and don't look deep enough to examine what might be behind it or, or what might be uh, uh, more in line with who you are? I mean, there are hundreds of spirit paths. There are hundreds of forms of divination. There, there are hundreds of manifestations of spirits, not just dream work not just numerology. Um, every day or so, I throw out a few new ones. Um, podomancy, P-O-D-O-M-A-N-C-Y, divination through interpretation of feet. Or pedomancy, divination through the interpretation of a footprint. Precognition. I was asked about psychic and psychic abilities the other day. Precognition is a psychic ability. Clairvoyance is a psychic ability. Premonition is a psychic ability. A, a, a warning of a future event, typically an accident or a disaster. 
And, and that could be through an empathic feeling. That could be through a flash of a vision, an accurate vision of some sort. Um, so that then manifests individually. Prophecy, a vision, a revelation of the future. Um, psychography, just like autography. Um, being able to read and interpret writing, and sometimes scribble. Automated writing is where you lose yourself like you're in a trance, and spirit comes through and writes real words, or you might just scribble. And so in the psychic ability associated with that, um, we call that psychography or autography. Psychom- psychomancy, divination through the interpretation of a person's soul, values, beliefs. Um, we might call that a soul reading, if you will. Um, psychometry is, is another word for clairvoyance. Um, pyromancy, divination by fire. Uh, capnomancy, divination by by interpreting rising smoke. Uh, libra- uh, libranomancy. L-I-B-R-A-N-O-M-A-N-C-Y. Libranomancy, divination through interpreting the smoke made by burning incense. I I mentioned the other day of of, of China, for instance, creating various forms of of incense and usage or application of of that. And that, that was what I, one of the things that I was sort of referencing uh, the ability to interpret the patterns in the smoke. Some of you remember Miss Cleo and, and the Miss Cleo commercial. It was sort of implied in her television commercial. Uh, she always would have that incense burning to uh, to the side of her. And depending on um, the direction of the smoke, the movement of the smoke, the co- uh, consistency of the smoke, that was supposed to be some reference to her interpretation uh, of the reading. But we now know that Miss Cleo was, was, was an actress and, and faked the whole entire thing. Okay. But she was pulling from this awareness. She was pulling from this, this knowledge base that I'm, I'm talking about right now, where if one is truly, truly, um, enamored with, desiring of becoming spirit workers, spirit practitioners, do some studies. And there's so much variety out there. There's so much to choose from out there. Um, There's so much for spirits to choose in you out there. Um, Why copycat? Why do what everybody else is doing? Why mimic what, you know, just like we do products, you know, if it's successful, you know, if it sells out, if it sells a million copies, then there are going to be at least a thousand imitators, you know, versions of it, brands of it. You know, how many uh, crockpots are there out there in the world? How many exercise machines, you know, are there out there in the world? So there's this commercialism aspect, this multimedia aspect, this um, multi-marketing aspect of almost everything religious or spiritual today. 
that we who are operating in spirituality and religion have to be cognizant of, have to be cognizant of. And I invite you to, to, to also to do the same. Don't let us, let us not just be playing church. Don't let this just be us, you know, well, I'm going to mix up a little bit of this, but I'm going to mix up a little bit of that. And you've never committed to study. You've never committed to training. You've never committed to uh, initiating. Um, and, and now that many of you are showing up consistently um, and repeatedly and, and actively and are participating um, in the show, I can't help but notice who's asking me what kind of questions and then who I'm not hearing from after the fact when it comes time to do the work. And I say it all the time. I know there are people out here watching me right now who don't care about clicking like, who don't care about subscribing, who don't care about helping in any way the furthering of my platform, but, but are only here to gather bits and pieces and information so that they can sort of look like they're doing something similar. Because it's a trend. Because it's a fad. Because it's what's happening now. And it's not just an American thing either. It's happening in Africa. <laughs> you know, it's happening in Africa. I was on um, this, uh, it's called Ghana Web. GhanaWeb.com is one of the sites that I visit every day. Ghana Web and GhanaCelebrity.com uh, in terms of uh, media that stand out in Ghana specifically. Each of these countries, unlike America, where we tend to look at CNN and NBC and, and Fox as sort of being monolithic or sort of representing red or blue or, or, or the national interest, continent of Africa is so diverse with countries and municipalities and governments and, and religious systems uh, in place that navigating news is very difficult. Um, navigating legitimate news sources is very difficult. But one of the more consistent sources of news that I access is Ghana Web. And I woke up today to this post about fetish priests escape from Sun Home. And it's turning out that two killer fetish priests, Christian Lawoi Gamile, a.k.a. Power One, Power One. So that would be his social media name, Power One. That would be his username, Power One. How American does that sound? That's something you would see on Instagram, Power One. Uh, he was only 36 years of age, too, by the way. And his accomplice, famous Adukanu, a.k.a. Scorpion, age 37, who had been detained by the alleged callous murder, have been detained for the alleged callous murder, of at least two people at their shrine were chased out of Sun Home in the eastern region of Ghana, where they were formally practicing for a similar offense. The fetish priests who claimed to hail from Afifi in the Volta region were arrested on Thursday, April 30th, by officials of the Criminal Investigations Department, the CID of Ghana Police Service, at Adu Quadro near Adiso, Adiso in the Upper West Akim District of the Eastern Region, where their shrine, Power One Herbal 
and Spiritism was located. Power One Herbal and Spiritism Center was located. So I, I say it, you know, it's not a American thing. It's a Western thing. Wherever you live in the world, if you got Internet, if, if, if you got American money, if you got access to credit cards, you're part of the Western mindset. You're part of the Western world. And, and for us, particularly African-Americans who like to um, deify and romanticize Egypt, for instance, or Abyssinia, for instance, or Ethiopia, or, or Nigeria, or West Africa, or Cuba, or Haiti, in terms of looking for our ATR path, our ATR truth, our ATR tradition, and then you walk into that blindly thinking that's going to be perfect, that's going to be without problems, going to be without complications, you're, you're deluding yourself. You're, you're riding on that have-it-your-own-way, 7-Eleven, overnight, send it to me in the mail for 1995 sort of spirit practice that's being pushed at us in, in social media. So it's not just a American thing. It's not just a U.K. thing. And so we're seeing it in, in Ghana. We're seeing it in Nigeria. And, and, and these people have approached you in Instagram. These people have approached you in your DM. These people and these type of people have approached you in social media, knowing that you want the quick fix, the quick repair, the, the quick recipe to the quick access into something magical, not natural. Nature is magical. Birth and babies is, is magical. Have you ever planted your own food, planting a seed, rooting a clipping from a plant and, and having it root, and then replanting it and having it grow, you know, and produce field peas for years to come, you know, heirloom tomatoes for years to come? That's that's magical. That is magical. That that is voodoo. But the, but the type of voodoo that the modern mindset, the Western mindset is looking for, is is TV, is Hollywood, is what you would see in, in a ma- magician's performance. You know, it's it, it's not close enough to reality. So, so I often have to question. Beloved, you need this to do what with? Beloved, what's your intent? Beloved, what's your motivation? Because without that, there's no being no real spiritual practitioner of any type. Not without that, not, not without consciousness, not without integrity, not without morality, not without a moral compass. I know we would like to eliminate the God and the devil, God and Satan. You know, I know some of you cringe when I talk about demons. Demons don't exist anymore in your world because Christianity doesn't exist in your, in your world. But it's a false notion to associate demons and demonology with Christianity. It existed long before Christianity. Some people even believe we should be evolving away from a belief in God. We we had an atheist visitor, you know, who says that he doesn't believe any of this? It's all sort of BS. But then we had somebody show up yesterday who was nothing more than just a dark current, a dark force, a, a dark energy. 
So we've got to be willing to re-educate ourselves. We just have to. It's not a black-white thing. We have been stripped of spiritual knowledge in modern society. The further we get away from indigenous culture, the further we, we get away from the sources of our food, the further, further we get away from where our materials are made and reproduced, the further we get away from our, our, our real connection to the weather, to, to season, you know, to the grass, you know, to, to plant life, the more toxic we'll become, the more sick we'll become. Even in our journey to so-called spirituality and tradition. Um, I know. I, I know. I know. Trust me, I, I, I'm under the power of fear right now. I can't even control what I'm saying to some degree right now. And I know some of you all want me to zero in on these questions, but the fear guys keep being overlooked because, you know, I keep doing these short shows. I keep sharing this information. And, and then I keep looking for the fruit of my labor. I keep looking for the fruit of my garden. I keep planting these seeds, and, I, and, 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 and I'm looking for the maturation of that, of that development. And, and so I said it yesterday. I don't just look in this space. I'm watching you. I'm interacting with you. You know, I, I'm seeing how we are doing this out in the real world. And some of you are still not even ready to, to say who you are out loud, to identify who you are out loud with, with authority and conviction, what, what you represent out loud for fear of, I don't know, damaging the status quo, for fear of, of, of jumping out and, and then not being able to, to get back in again. That's what it's going to take for many of you anyway to get back in that corner where you don't have a choice but to transcend, where you don't have a choice but to shed what's no longer useful, what's no longer working, where, where you're tired of reinvesting more money, reinvesting more resources, reinvesting more effort in, in things that are temporal, that are temporary, that are not lasting, some of y'all love the 99 cent store. Hey, do that. Some of y'all love the 99 cent store. I, I get it. But the 99 cent store love you. <laughs> they waiting on you. And they're selling you 99 cent store value stuff. Some things you can't get at the 99 cent store. Some things don't last bought at the 99 cent store. Remember payments? Are they still around? Remember payment shoes? Oh, my God, I learned in, like, 85 that Payless shoes would only last me three weeks. Okay? It didn't matter to me that they were $9, $10, how, how much ever they were, you know, back then. And some of you all love the Payless shoes up, up until the very end. But then there are others among you who, you know, now favor the Red Bottom, now favor the Stacey Adams, now have matured a little bit, not just in your taste, but in your sense of value. I have shoes older than some of you in, in this audience. I have leather bags older than some of you listen to me right now. I've got clothes and outfits older than some of you. I understand my voice right now. So I, I grew up in a time where value meant something different. 
and, and knowledge meant something different. And learning something that you were going to be able to use, that, that was going to carry you to the end, that's what I'm content to do. I'm not content to appease you in the moment, just so you have to come back and react that again tomorrow and readdress that question again next week and, and readjust that same block again the month after. And so my clients, my godchildren have heard me say it a thousand times. I'm not here to feed codependency. Not me. I'm not that guy. I'm going to help you to shit or get off the pot. I'm going to help you to either, I'm going to help you to choose. Let's talk about my name, Tychicus. Tychicus is the faithful minister who will build all things. In the last book, last chapter, of Ephesians and come right after that re wrestle not against flesh and blood. So, so I am here to reveal and to show. But when we translate Tai Chikis directly from Hebrew, Greek, from the common languages that were being used at that time, it means faith. And it's a pattern that I've been able to document since I was about 17 or 18 years old. Faith. And I believe that God, the God of spirit, has given me a personal hands-on lesson in faith and how faith works. So I've noticed a pattern. And so when people meet me at the crossroads, literally or figuratively, in today's technology, you don't have to meet me here in New Orleans. I don't have to meet you in New York or Chicago or wherever you are. If you hear me right now, we at the crossroads. And, and in my experience, when I meet people at the crossroads, they're either moving up or moving down. They're either settling into what they think they know and understand, and typically that's not working for them, or they're moving up. They're moving outward. They're moving away. They're evolving. So I have a one-track mind, I, even in terms of how I teach. You either go on this. I don't. I don't do that gray area really well. I don't do the gray area really well. I don't do that. Well, I'm interested, but I'm not really committed. I, I don't do that really well. I don't understand that. And, and when you start getting into these mystery systems, now you're asking me to teach you mystery system on a. I may or may not be really committed. I may or may not really be wanting to do this out in the open long term, <laughs> you know? And so that's how often um, I, I come at things. Um, I see you, Kiona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see I see you, beloved. Come on now, y'all. Uh, let me check my phone line. Listen, I got people listening to me right now. No hands raised, no questions, no comments. And and don't have no fear now. This, listen, if I'm going to come here every day and spend two hours, three hours, I'm going to speak my mind. I, I've got to. Who I am has got to come to the surface. And so y'all can't fear what he might say or how he might respond or, or, or he, how he might come at me you know, for having asked that question. We in a public format. We're on the World Wide Web right now, you know. 
if, if you were concerned about sensitivity and, and me being professional and, and my bet, then send me a private message. Email me at divineprince at houseofdivineprince.com. Who do a call system will tell you I'm extremely uber professional, uber professional, okay? But, but in this platform, this is a keep it real platform. This is a keep it 100 platform. Call me now before you lose your opportunity at area code 845-277-9143. Do press the number one on your telephone keypad. This will allow me to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. You can also type your questions, comments, and requests in all capital letters in the chat. Um, that will make it easier for both myself and, and Kiona to see them and identify them and, and highlight them. And I will be more than happy to respond. Um, yes, beloved, uh, Rain of Love, I have roots. Roots is St. Louis. I have roots in Kirkwood, Missouri. I got roots in Meacham Park. Uh, you got to be of a certain age to even know what Meacham Park is. Because Meacham Park don't exist anymore. <laughs> they mowed down this historic black neighborhood community once known as Meacham Park. And now it's an industrial park. Now it's got, I think, a Target, Walmart, something over there. You know. But, yeah, I know, I know a great deal about St. Louis. I got roots on my mother's side of the family in St. Louis. My great-grandfather hand-built the house that my grandmother was born and raised in that my mother was born and raised in, um, in Kirkwood. Um, and even now that property, that land is industrial park, um, right in the middle of Kirkwood. So they're actively removing the black footprint in St. Louis, the black historic footprint. I have a book, um, oh wow. I don't know where it is right now. It's, it's a book from a series of books Somebody in the sound of my voice knows what I'm talking about. Um, almost every community, every black city in America, um, they created a book that talks about the public figures, the history, um, how St. Louis was created, how Chicago uh, was created. So it might be called Black History Chicago, Black History St. Louis, Black History um New Orleans, something to that effect. My late, my library is all divided up around the house, so I don't have all my books in one centralized location um, anymore. So I always have to look for. Um, but it talks a great deal about St. Louis and and the black history of St. Louis and the historic black communities of St. Louis. And so if you read that book. And, and I'm going to find it eventually, either today or I'll have it by tomorrow, and I'll get it to you. Um, and you'll then be able to see this footprint that I'm talking about, where they're literally going in and wiping off the footprint, getting rid of the footprint of many of these historic black communities, um, historic minority communities, historic Asian communities, historic um, uh, Jewish communities, his, historic uh, Latina and, 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 and uh, Hispanic community. Um, and, and of course, it's always under the guise of economic um, neighborhoods, you know, digress. Neighborhoods uh, are allowed to run down. Neighborhoods are allowed to implode. 
among themselves, and then people come in and gentrify. I can remember pre-Katrina, what no white people in my neighborhood, pre-Katrina, white people weren't even willing to walk through this neighborhood, pre-Katrina. Black people were not often willing to walk through this neighborhood, pre-Katrina. You know, and, and, and now, if count on one hand, how many black homeowners still exist in my neighborhood, still own their house, their property, their land in my neighborhood. I'm fortunate to be to be one of the few, but there aren't to be one of the few living in a house owned by a black one of the original black uh, homeowners of Tremaine, of historic Tremaine. Um, so I, I hear you, girlfriend, and I would love to meet you in in St. Louis. I would love to do something um, in relation to Soulard Market, and if you can organize that, that would be great. And, and I'll come out. The Soulard Market, um, out in the open air, in the open space, um, 12 feet of separation apart <laughs> with a mask on, <laughs> something at Soulard Market. Uh, and then we can really talk about recipes. Soulard Market, for those who aren't familiar, is a, a historic open air outdoor um, like farmer's market uh, in, in a particular area of St. Louis. Um, and so they also have vendors there you know, your instant, your body oil vendors, uh, some other artisans that sort of uh, hang out and do their business at uh, Soulard Market. So if you set that up and make that happen, I'll absolutely come and do a, a, a class, a workshop, a ceremony, a, a ritual in your town. Um, who do occultism? Beloved, don't bait me. If you got a touchy subject, come on and bring it in. Come on and bring it in. Give me something to say right now before I decide that uh, I could be doing other things. So let's hear it, Hoodoo. Neophyte Bokura already said the words for me. Let's hear it. What, what's the what's the question or the comment? The Green Book healing. You know, I'm in the Green Book, that movie. Um, the Green Book is about a time. That's not the book I'm referencing. You're talking about there was a time, um, the 60s, the 50s, the 40s, um, and, and even into the 70s, where you needed the Green Book. The Green Book not only told you where black businesses were, black hotels were, black gas stations were, but kept you safe and alive in the deep south. Um, for instance, you know, you coming out of Chicago, got your, your nice shiny new car, you know, you're a family, factory worker, your wife, you know, might be a school teacher, whatever, and now y'all coming down to Mississippi, you know, y'all coming down to Louisiana, they would lynch you on Highway 55. If you drove off in a small town, Cairo, you know, or, or, or some of those areas, you could disappear and never be seen again. Uh, there were hotels, even into the 70s, some of you have heard me tell the story that my mother and father were the first black couple to stay in the Yazoo City Motel. No black people had ever stayed there before. And I'm talking 1976, 1977, 1978. No black people had ever, had, had ever been there. Uh, my dad and, and his arrogance um, and foolishness um, would, would put on his three-piece suit and his hat 
and his shoes and his shiny new new model annual new car for whatever year it was. Um, and he would go to those places. He would stop in those towns. Um, my dad was also 33rd. <laughs> so, uh, again, I don't know to what degree um, being a Mason or, or, or a participant in an Illuminati uh, has to do with uh, surviving revolutionary action uh, as, a requa- as it equates to defeating real-world problems. Not just love and relationships, not just prosperity, but racism, sexism, homophobia, you know, prejudice, you know, lynching. Who's stopping the murdering of of young black people for jogging through their neighborhood? Who's applying root work for that? Who's doing conjure for that? And how are you addressing that today? The fatal shooting of a young black man, recorded on video in February and online Tuesday by a local radio station host, will go to a grand jury in coastal Georgia, according to a district attorney. Coastal Georgia, that could be what, Savannah? Savannah, Georgia? Now, elements of the disturbing video are consistent with a description of the shooting given by police. By, by one of those involved in the incident. Ahmad Aubrey, 25, was jogging in a neighborhood outside Brunswick on February 23rd when a former police officer and his son chased him down, authorities said. According to a Glenn County police report, Gregory McMichael later told officers that he thought Aubrey looked like a person suspected in a series of recent break-ins in the area. Hoodoo occultism, is this what you want to talk about? (laughs) Now, even if he was a suspect in recent break-ins, that'll give you a right to form a militia and set him up while he's jogging through the neighborhood, chase him down like a wild boar and kill him, which is what happened. Um, Some of y'all either don't know this happened or don't care. It's been on my Facebook page now for two days, and y'all ain't clicking. Y'all ain't clicking on that. Y'all ain't some up and or some down and on that. Ain't no booty shaking going on in that, so it ain't of interest to you. It's like this ain't even happened to y'all. It's like you numb. You so numb to the violence, so numb to the killing, so numb to the to the lynching that. Help me fix my relationship. It's more important to you right now. Even in the weather, in the season of a pandemic, I, I just don't get it. I, where's the Black Lives Matter now? Where's the Me Too now? Or, or is it because of the stay at home, you can't go out and get real flashy protest pictures now? So where's your conversation? Where's your, your, your oratory skills? Where's your ability to, to write lyrics and poems and, and, and address this issue? What root work and conjure work and witchcraft are y'all doing now to address this? To address this. After they chased down Aubrey, 
McMichael told police. Aubrey and Michael's and McMichael's son, Travis, struggled over his son's shotgun. McMichael said two shots were fired before Aubrey fell to the street, the report said. And you can hear that in the video. In a letter to police, George Barnhill, one of the district attorneys who has recused himself from the case and who saw the autopsy report, wrote that Aubrey sustained three wounds during the struggle for the gun. Tom Durden, the district attorney for the Atlantic Judicial Circuit, wrote in a news release obtained by CNN on Tuesday that he expects to present the case to the next available grand jury in Glenn County to consider whether charges, to consider whether the charges are merited for those involved in Aubrey's death. Because of the coronavirus pandemic, courts are currently prohibited from impaneling grand juries. Durden did not return CNN's phone call for comment, but the local branch of the NAACP provided CNN with the document labeled as a press release, which matches a statement Durden gave to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. F. Lee Merritt, an attorney for the Arby family, said in a statement that the two men involved in the chase must be taken into custody pending their indictment. CNN's attempts to reach the McMichaels on Tuesday were unsuccessful. Governor Brian Kemp said the Georgia Bureau of Investigation has offered resources to Durden for his investigation. Georgians deserve answers, Kemp tweeted. Kemp also retweeted the GBI's post that Durden formally requested the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, to investigate the death of Ahmad Aubrey. State Attorney General Chris Carr said he was deeply concerned by the video and news report. Wanda Cooper, Aubrey's mother, told CNN on Sunday that when police notified her of her son's death, she was told her son was involved in a burglary and that there was a confrontation between her son and the homeowner and a struggle over a gun. But he was not armed, Cooper said. She said she never worried about him jogging because she said he wasn't bothering anyone. So the 36-second video, which has been deleted from the radio station website, which is why I strongly suggest stop with the viral uh, DM and instant messaging of this stuff in Facebook. People like me don't, don't open it anyway. Half that stuff that comes through your Facebook message is, is, is a virus. Come across the information, download it. Download it. There are applications that, that give you the ability to download video. Y'all do realize that, right? Okay? So when I saw the post, immediately, before I got worked up about it, before I talked about it, before I reshared it, before I reposted, I downloaded the video. So I have a copy of the video <laughs> in my in my computer. I'm opening um, 612 and 323. I'm, I'm coming to y'all. 
I got a, a, a copy of the video in my computer. So, so even if they go behind me now and take my post down off Facebook, I still got the video. I still got the video. And why you all are not wanting to group work on that, conjure on that, summon demons around that, I, I just don't get it. Um, Keon, I'm going to come to you in a moment, okay, boo? I'm going to open up 612. Who's calling? Where are you calling from, 612? Hi, this is Sterling. I'm calling. Erica, 612. I can't hear you. Hear me? This is... Hello? Oh, this is Sterling. This is okay, Sterling. I, I know that has to Sterling. be Sterling. That has to be Sterling, because Sterling is the one who consistently calls, and we can't hear him. And today, I can't oh, hear you at all. You sound like a computer. You sound like a digitized computer. You sound like an alien calling in from another, from another destination. So let me come back to you. Erico 323, that's probably Keona. Beloved, are you with me? Hello, greetings. Check the phone lines for me. Let me see how clear you Okay, you, you sound distorted too. So it must be either me or my computer or, or maybe the Skype platform. Say something again, Kiona. Hello? Is that Kiona 323? Yes. Yes, I'm here. Eric? Okay, beloved. Yeah, you sound like um, you sound digitized also. So I'm I don't not know sure. what's going on. Because I was on my, uh, I was on my headphones, problem. and now I'm on the regular phone. Yeah, both of y'all sound like aliens. I can't, I can't make out a word. Hello, can you, you hear me better? Thing. Can you hear me better? Okay, you sound a little bit I can better. hang up and call back. I can hang up I and can... call back. Yeah, Keon, I want you to hang up and try and call back if you can. Uh, if you got Skype or something, you use a different... I don't know. Um, Sterling, keep talking, boo, and, and let me see the clarity of what you're working with. Okay. Hi, y'all. I'm calling from New Orleans. Is this better? Is it working? No, no. 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 Oh, Lord. No. I, 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 I apologize. Um, okay. Keon, are you back with me? Hi, it's Kiana. Can you hear me? Let me check. Hold. Don't hang up. Yeah, but but it's still digitized. So don't hang up. What I'm doing is I'm refreshing my page, not my browser, just the page. And I want to see if that makes any kind of difference at all. Um, can you hear me, Kiana? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me, Sterling? Yes, I can. No, that that didn't help a whole lot. Yeah, that that's not helping. Um, so so if I hang up, if I hang up now, I'm a, I'm gonna have to call back in using my and that could fix what's going on on Block Talk Radio. So give me a moment to do that. So there'll be a period of silence on the, on the Block Talk Radio end of things. Um, you. YouTube and StreamYard, you'll be okay. You can see me. You can hear me. Um, just give me a moment to uh, disconnect. All right. 
and then I'm going to try and call back in using a different service to clean up what's going on on the, uh, on the phone line. This is such a distraction. In the process, I, I'm putting down what we're talking about. about this, be serious. 
be serious. Don't don't navigate around the edges and sort of mix up a little bit of this and that, and then expect to get results, especially on my watch. If I give out a general recipe right now, half of you are going to go out and try it and absolutely expect to get a result from it. There's going to be another group that's going to hear it wrong, mix it wrong, get the wrong recipe. You know, I say it all the time. If I gave out some of my recipes, y'all will kill yourselves with it. Or you kill other people with it. So I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable giving out specific recipes about stuff, specific postings about stuff with people that's not my godchildren, people who have no accountability back to me, people who are just listening, who, who, are, who, who are not going to call in, who are not going to ask questions, but, but are going to hear what I said and apply it, just like they got it out of a Louisa Test book. And expect miraculous outcomes from it. And so if I'm going to give you a recipe, then my guarantee is on it. If I'm going to give you a recipe, then, then my pronounced expectation that I'm making right here live on air is, is the expectation everybody in the sound of my voice is going to expect or, or is going to attempt. And so we're talking about either something general or something Specific. Generally speaking, people use amber oil in love and relationship potion work. People use amber oil in prosperity work. People use amber oil in ancestral work. People use amber oil sometimes in binding work. What specifically are you trying to do? What specifically are you trying to accomplish? That's my question. And that's why every day Keona throws up my private email address. Because many of y'all got specific questions that you want me to address. And I know you're caught between what if I ask it live on there, it's free. But it's also free for everybody else who's, who's hearing and, and, and listening. What was the second oil you mentioned? Egyptian Egyptian musk is primarily a a perfumey. I'm choosing my words here. Perfumey. Um, I want to say feminine, but men wear Egyptian musk oil all, all the time. So I don't mean feminine in that it makes you smell feminine. I mean feminine in that it would appeal to the powers, the forces, Oshun, Urzuli, Frida. Aphrodite, the, the deities that we associate with flowering, fruitful, joyful, uh, 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 prosperity, powers. Um, Egyptian musk on its own is, is created in a lab. Egyptian musk is not a particular plant, a particular root. Um, many of the fragrances that many of you love so well are chemically produced are not reproduced in nature. I learned that making incense. I learned that as a vendor. I learned that science labs can whip up any smell, any fragrance that you might desire. And these fragrances are used not just in your soap, your detergent, your colognes, your perfumes, but they also used in your food. 
to give it a much more pleasant aroma, a much more pleasant smell. So some of the, um, the names that you're calling out to me right now, Sterling, don't resonate in nature. Egyptian must don't resonate in nature. Egyptian must is a commercialized scent that became very popular back in the 60s. And now almost every vendor has it. It is mixed into other aromas, other fragrances. But if I had to reduce it down to its common denominator, like a jasmine, like an amber, like a frankincense, like a sage, there's no natural equivalent to Egyptian musk. Um, so people use it for vanity. People use it for um, the night out on the town. So you want to smell youthful and you want to smell prosperous and you want to smell fresh or, or, or you might want to be a little bit more attractive. Um, so you then might wear the, the Egyptian muff. Somebody like me back in the day, meaning 80, 82, 83, 84, I, I would have came out smelling like Somali Rose. I would have came out smelling like, um, um, oh wow, what did I wear back then? Um, I, I like to mix up things into my frankincense. So we know frankincense, for instance, has that defensive, protective, historic connection to it. But then I can add something soft to my frankincense, for instance, like a vanilla, um, and give it a whole nother resonance give it a whole nother, you know, um, vibration. So be careful that, that when you are looking at oils, that we're examining essential oils. Essential oils that come from nature, that come from plants, that come from specific organic things that we can readily identify. Um, um, Shalimar, that's, that's the brand that I couldn't remember. Shalimar has a very... Uh, cinnamon, spicy, uh, hot uh, energy about it. Um, so I would wear Shalimar, um, particularly in like the workplace, um, if I was trying to smell attractive, you know, bring a pleasant energy uh, to the space, but, but I wanted an edge of aggression to it. I might wear Shalimar, but there is no natural equivalent to Shalimar uh, in terms of essential oil. So um, if you're talking about recipes, uh, mixing things that are going to produce these sort of tangible, reliable, lasting results that I talk about um, every day in my show, you want to look at more natural things, more organic oil products like rose oil, for instance. Not commercialized, not chemical rose oil real rose oil. And now you're also talking about price. Much much like how we look at crystal. Okay? Many of you are shopping on price. You look at this and you say, oh my, that's substantial. That's bigger than his palm. That costs maybe 70, 80. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. This costs $200. The clarity of this point the size of this point, um, French Quarter, Jim and Lapindary, $200. But then the person who's shopping with their eye, who's shopping from a place of uh, physicality, carnality, material, how much something costs, 
then they see this. Okay, it's, it's much smaller. You know, oh wow, that's that, that's got to be, you know, cheaper. That's got to be, you know, I I can work that and do the same thing that you're doing with with this, right? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it's one of the reasons why the crystal chips in our computers are created in a lab. They're created for perfection. For, for perfection. So when we're creating recipes, just like when we're creating uh, pharmaceutical mixtures, there, there's some science to that. We don't want to just risk that. Um, but somehow when we come to, to the spiritual things we think that we can and we think that we do um and and pop culture feeds that to us pop culture teaches us teaches us that you know greetings 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 um Kiona and Shirley Shirley if you got something to say please come back I feel like you should say more. Um, I'm sorry. So that I, I just can, um, so that I can specifically respond to um, what exactly are you trying to do? Yes, I was. I'm just asking because um, I'm drawn to those oils. I wear them for like fragrant purposes. So I was just wondering, like, what type of energy they attracted. You know. Um, yeah, so. Okay, yeah. Amber is, is definitely going to bring a soft, calming, um, smoky edge to whatever energy you might be operating in at, at any given time. And, and again, uh, I think I was clear about Egyptian musk. Egyptian musk is very popular fragrance, um, but it, it doesn't resonate with anything in particular in nature. Um, it, it might even be several different botanicals, chemicalized that that they sort of created and recreated, going into uh, typically the uh, Egyptian musk that people are finding, that people are, are buying at many of your your vendors, and then a lot of the vendors too, by the way, on the street are not using essential oil. They're not using real oil. They're using chemicalized oil. Um, Arisha, I'm not sure what you're talking about. What's going on in the chat? Pat on the deity's energy versus Christianity that frowns upon um, patheism. I don't understand your question. I need you to clarify that for me um, in the chat. Caribbean witch. My email is divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. It's, stro- it's scrolling right now at the bottom of the screen. My website, my PayPal link, as well as my direct email address. Um, if you give me a moment, I'll retype it in the chat. Um, Keona, what question am I missing? Oh, are oh, oh, we still talking about the Arisha question? I'm not sure on the question. I'm not sure exactly what what's being asked. It, it reads more like a confirmation. 
it reads more like agree or do I affirm or confirm? I'm not exactly getting it. Arisha, I need you to retype that for me. I also invite you all to call me. 845-277-9143, Do press the number one on your telephone keypad. It would be so much easier for me to, to talk with you um, than to type and try and read my chat um, from across the room. Um, please get involved. I had another uh, question. Go ahead, Sterling. So I understand that um, things are happening um, as they were in the past. And I'm wondering if, like, as a collective, as brown people, as indigenous people, if we get into the work and start actually applying, you know, the lessons and the changes needed, do we have, like, an opportunity to reclaim this land. Oh God, yes. Oh God, yes. And, and and at every level of what you meant, and even some of what you didn't mean, could be easily attached to what you said. You ended by saying this land, but you didn't say nationalism. You didn't say America. You didn't say, you know, Europe. You suggested. You know, nature re- regaining and recapturing the land, and I'm seeing um, evidence that there is a, a level of consciousness where we are, are aware. Um, for instance, um, since the stay at home, um, I've noticed a change in the behavior of birds. I've noticed a change in the behavior of nature. Uh, people are posting uh, videos. I don't know how real they are. I don't know how authentic they are. Of Animals, for instance, recapturing parts of the city, uh, of animals now venturing into areas that once were too noisy, had too much going on, that just because of the, the quiet and the peacefulness that's in the air right now, um, we're seeing some changing there. We're seeing some, some reemerging there, some transformation there. We also see... Um, uh, aerial maps. Um, I see you, Arisha. We also see area area maps that document air pollution, and so we're actually seeing the air cleanup. We're actually seeing the pollution rates come down, and, and then that too affects nature at, at every level. So we absolutely do have the opportunity to do the work individually, communally, collectively, and, and, and recapture ourselves. It's really recapturing ourselves. We've been taught to separate physical humanity and our and our independent uh, identity from nature itself. When in reality we're sort of one. We're one animal. We're one creature. If, if nature goes, we go. If we go, nature will will survive us and, and quite possibly recreate life again you know, in, in a form that might be new or unfamiliar to us. So we absolutely have an opportunity to do the work, to address the work, to make the changes that then show up long-term. And not just for us, but for our children, for society, 
for the generations that will, will come after us? Absolutely, absolutely, um, hands down. Every aspect of how you ask that question, absolutely. It is absolutely worth doing the work. It's absolutely worth stopping, blocking, eliminating what's not helping us anymore, what's not useful for us. And by all means, prevent it from rolling down to the next person, prevent it from happening again in society. Um, the telling of, of our stories are critical to preventing some of our stories from, from being from being repeated again. So uh, absolutely, absolutely, Sterling. Um, I have a new caller, area code seven seven three. Listen, before uh, I open your mic, I appreciate how y'all all jumped on the phone line like that. Right before she shut down the phone lines, I had several people, uh, half a dozen people, jump in on the phone line, and, and I thank you for that. Uh, most of them are just listening. <laughs> but Erica 773 raised their hand. So your mic is open, beloved. Who's calling and where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Chicago. I can just barely hear you. Yeah, I can hear you now. You're calling from Chicago. Hello. Hello. Where'd you go, Chicago? Seven seven three. And now she's gone. Okay. Thank you kindly. I, I don't know what happened, but you won't be able to call back in. It's it's too close to the top of the hour, and and the computer is not going to let you redial in. So I apologize, um, Chicago. Um, Eric code 612, your mic is still open. That's uh, Sterling. Let me write that down, so I don't keep forgetting. Yes. I wanted to ask another question that was related to the last question. Um, So I just, I don't see how in this age of like white supremacy and how it's just continuing to evolve as the decades continue to go on, like how it's defeatable, how we are able to, like, thrive and, you know, bounce, like, completely back from this, like, feeling of being hunted. That's another great question. Yeah. Yeah. Feelings of being hunted. I I, I heard you. I I heard you. It also sort of resonates with um, Orisha's question, which is on the screen right now, uh, regarding my thoughts on Christian iconology being used today in traditions and systems recognize a um, pantheon of deities and energies versus Christianity that frowns upon patheism. Um, And and, and again, I like how you worded that, Arisha. Now that I got the two parts together, I I get it now. Um, And it helps me also to address Sterling. Racism, white supremacy is deep, deeply ingrained. It's in our language. It's in our language usage. It's in our symbolism. It's in the packaging on your cereal. It's in the packaging on your hair care products. Um, It's in the advertisement for for the car, for the hotel, for the vacation. Um, It's in whose story is shared um, on, on the morning talk show, 
on the morning news slash entertainment uh, program. It's, it's who we show sympathy to. It's who we show empathy to. And, and these all feed the system. Now, when I say the system, you know, the government is a system, independent. Religion might be seen as an independent government. Uh, um, politics might be seen as a, another independent system. But then they link up and then they come together in terms of the recreation of, of that fear, that imprint, that, that uh, message that white is right and everything else is, is either not important, not existent, um, or, or takes less. When we look at, as Arisha is asking, why are we still using Christ on the cross? Why are we still using um, the lighter skin um, iconology, uh, the lighter skin Madonna, or even the black Madonna, painted black, but still robed and clothed in the symbolism, in the iconology, in the language that we associate with the mainstream dominant oppressive traditions. And I, I talked about this last week. I, I do see it as a language. I see it as a code. It, ha- it has gone beyond just representing a, a religion and, and sort of the rigid confines of what that religion is. Um, what a particular icon might mean in my house might mean something completely different in my mom's house. Might mean something completely different in the Satanist house. You know, um, who might have the very same icon. Um, so it, it, it transcends like archetype. Uh, a circle is an archetype. What does a circle mean? Well, we have a, a, a universal or a global or, or world understanding of circles by our usage of it. You know, we use it individually, we use it collectively, we use it as society. So now the circle has taken on this meaning that, that transcends that two-dimensional imprint on the, on the piece of paper that, you know, that we've drawn. And so we see female energy. We see moon energy. We see the completion of a cycle. We see 360 degrees, um, which, which is a language. So Mace Tishner, if you are a uh, aerodynamic, well-studied uh, Ritual worker. 360 degrees means something specific to you. 180 degrees means something specific to you. To my mathematicians, I'm just reciting numbers and degrees. But but what do they mean? So they take on archetypes. The square becomes an archetype. Triangle becomes becomes an archetype. The crossroads or the cross. Is it a cross or is it a crossroads? Or is it a crucifix? You know, they, they all take on meaning beyond what's uh, literal, beyond what's most immediate. Uh, and then that evolves from land to land, from tradition to tradition, from practice to practice. What do you see? Some people see me holding up a finger. <laughs> Some people see number one. Some people see me pointing up to God, maybe, or the sky. The, the Arab speaker, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the Arabic speaker might see a leaf, might see the leaf. 
You know, so it's about meaning attached to it. We still use them in some cases because it's safe, but but it depends on who's using the icon. If if the practitioner of, of Satanism is using the icon, then they're clearly not trying to be respectful. It's still in voodoo, hoodoo, conjure, you know, then it's not quote unquote Christian. It's not necessarily still, you know, the print of white supremacy, though though it is still a footprint of white supremacy, if you still only see white, right, supremacy, the main the only religion that matters. And, and there are Christians who see that, who don't consider themselves racist, black or white, who who don't consider themselves prejudiced, that comes right to the surface when they come into this world when they see you or me, when they hear what's being discussed, what's being talked about. And then their religion becomes supremacy. Well, you're going to hell because you don't believe this book. You're going to hell because you don't interpret this book the way we interpret this book. You're no longer human. You're no longer worthy of my attention. I don't have the same sympathy for you as I have for my 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 bench warmer at the mosque or at the synagogue or at the temple space. So there's, again, that dimensional space where all religions then transcend religion itself and then become products of just humanity, human, human ideology, human thought, human awareness, and not necessarily what God said. Oh, that irks the hell out of me. God said... It's the word of God, but but the Bible says, you know, the, those are all triggers for well-studied Bible readers, whether you're still connected to the church or not. So I understand your visceral response to my Babalu Oye, my, my, my St. Lazaro Actuary. I get it. I understand your visceral response to it, but it also is a language now, a coded language that speaks to everybody. It's the reason why everybody is in this room. Sometimes my mama's in this room. Sometimes you're in this room. Sometimes the non-believer is in this room. Sometimes the atheist is in this room. And it is because of, and by way of that um, synchronicity, that um, appropriation to some degree of, of cultures, that that is unique to the West. This wouldn't been the case in the old ancient world where everyone was separate. Everyone was isolated to some degree. And so cultures didn't mix it up the way we view them today. And so now we see, you know, let's go back to ancient Egypt. Um, where's the line between Nubia and Mero? Where's the line between Mero and Per? Egypt and Lower Egypt. Where's the line between the Old Kingdom and the New Kingdom? Archaeologists have made those distinctions based on science, based on changes in technology, based on changes in art. Well, we notice a change in mummification from this dynasty to the next dynasty. But where I started out the show talking about when did the coronavirus begin for you? 
on what day does this happen? Does this kick in for you? So, yes, we shall see. And I'm still responding to both questions. Question about white supremacy and racism, but also these questions about why are we then still young? The iconology of, of the oppressor. And it's because it's a language that we all speak. Why, why are we still speaking the English of the oppressor? Because not enough of us can speak Spanish or French or Portuguese or, or Hebrew or, or Israeli or Yoruba or French. So we are still speaking the language. Um, I'm not seeing... Nicole Tracy's question, Keisha Smith, or am I seeing it and I'm, and I'm not? Yeah, I, I, I'm missing something, y'all. Help me out. So, Sterling, um, as long as, as we allow, as long as we allow the white supremacy and the racism to exist in us, it will, it will still exist. It will still exist. As long as you see how hard it is for me to talk, stay on topic, respond to what I'm saying, but then I have to stop and read the chat, figure out what's being said. And I still don't know Nicole Tracy's question. I see all the pointing to it, but I still don't know the question. I still don't know what I'm looking for. Okay. And so that's why I continue to go on. I continue to keep it moving. Um, my question was, a child really dark was on my camera footage. This baby was walking past my restroom after I played SU songs. Do you think he came to me? Um, no. No. No, no more than I believe the white girl in, you know, invoked Papa Legba um, and that Papa Legba killed her. Um, I even believe that you may be influenced by that post, by that information. Um, and, and so you could be regurgitating that back to me right now, literally or figuratively. Um, second, Where's the video? I would have to assume you're telling me what actually happened um, in order to get some clarification of that. But no. No. No, the idea that you all um, can invoke Loa, can invoke Orisha, is very offensive, by the way. Not you personally, Nicole Tracy, but you personally, too. It's shoe fits. But I'm now referencing the white girl that's in the media. It's offensive to voodoo. It's offensive to Haiti. It's offensive to the Loa. It's offensive to the Orisha, that that all these folks who have no marriage, no relationship to these deities, now are playing around with the idea that we play around with the idea of evoking these deities, these Orisha, these Loa. And then they're going to show up for you. And, and, and let's go back to the story in the news. So Eshu Legba showed up and killed her. 
if anything, like I said before, she invoked the demon. If anything. If anything, beloved, you saw a demon or a gin on your camera footage walking past your 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 door. You are invoking gin and demons by way of your attempt to invoke Eshi. Now, maybe you you just playing Eshi music just because you want to, just because it sounds good, just because it's entertaining. That's fine. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But at what point do you take it the next step to do you think that he came to you unless you are implying and when I do this, I'm holding up your quote in the screen in between my hands. <laughs> Unless you are implying that you intended to invoke Eshu. And if you intended to invoke Eshu, where's your, where's your crown? Where's your training? Where's your godparent? What ceremony were you invoking? Because playing Eshu songs ain't, ain't invoking a ceremony. Playing Eshu songs ain't invoking ritual. No more than playing gospel music. If I now were to introduce gospel music, you know, into, into the show, th- does that mean that, that we're now in the presence of God? Would that mean that we're now in the presence of the Holy Amazing grace. How? Is Jesus here now? Are we in the presence now of the Most High? But why are we so quick to assume that with Orisha? Why are we so quick to appropriate that on Loa? You know, help me out, Nicole. Help me out. Help me out. Okay? Why is that not now issue mirroring back your own Shadow work. Why is that not you walking across the screen as a dark child? Why is that not you in in your child form, representative of some shadow work that you should be paying attention to rather than what you're looking at? Why is that not the message? Why would that not be the message? I'm not saying that it is. I'm saying why would that not be the message? Why would it not be? So, so no, no. I would have to see the video, number one, myself. It, it would be the same thing as, oh, I saw an alien last night, and, and they had a ship, and it landed on my neighbor's house, and the alien came out and spoke to me. Would you, would you, agree, would you believe me? Now, now, I can, I'm a professional performer. I'm a professional actor. If I wanted to convince you that that was real right now, I could. But you all know my person, my, my regular listeners know my personality too well for that. I, I'm not about to do it on my integrity. I, I'm not about to do it. And so I'm not about to do it on Orisha either. I'm not about to do it on Loa either. I am not going to confirm for you. I won't deny, but I'm not going to confirm for you, not you, Nicole Tracy, but anyone listening, some 
presumed spiritual manifestation that you can't document. Now, if you can't record it, if you can't photograph it, it ain't even in your journal. You can't even produce a book, a journal for me of your, your spirit work, your spirit activity. Not you, Nicole, not this specific statement, but in general. And so I'm supposed to now believe it. Do y'all listen to Coast to Coast at night? I do. And people call in and talk about their own experiences with God and their own experiences with the devil, um, their own experiences with, with alien powers and forces. And you, anyone listening has to take that all with a grain of salt until the expert comes on it and, and talks about their experience. Until the expert comes on it and shares their ghost story. And even then, we take it with a grain of salt. But we also listen to their biography, their history, their journal, their, you know, they, they give us enough meat to where, okay, maybe we should hear what's being said. It's, it's much like journalism today and this whole idea of fake news. Fake news was introduced to get people in society to the point that you don't believe anything. So you don't believe any legitimate news source. You don't believe any legitimate book. You don't believe any legitimate uh, a source of information. But we're open to propaganda now, more so than we were 20 years ago. We're much more open to opinions now, much more than we were 20 years ago. Um, and so that, no, beloved. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I got questions to call about what that is. I, I got questions about what that is. I really do. Um, no. Right, right now, I'm going to say no. Just the playing of Eshu song would not invoke Eshu, would not cause Eshu to show up, and, and particularly as a dark child walking across your camera footage. My question was, a child really dark was on my camera footage this baby was walking past my restroom. Yeah, let's see the tape. I had to read the question again to be sure that I got it. Let's see the tape, Nicole. Let me see this. Let me see the footage. You know, and that man, that would be a great show if I can put you up on screen in one box and then put your video in another box and and let's look at that. But just. Based on your words, I'm, go- I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Give me the next question, y'all. I'm getting hungry. Neophyte Bokor Tourist uh, agrees with me. That you, You're talking about shadow work, beloved. You all are talking about shadow work. We've been dancing around shadow work for days. Okay, thank you, Nicole, for your response. That, yeah, you, that's, that's not an issue. You, you're seeing shadow work. And, 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 and if I were to read you now, based on that, you're, you're seeing some shadow as it relates to your childhood, unfinished, unresolved work. Yeah, I, I hear you, Neophyte Bokor. <laughs> yes. That crisis 300 is very convincing. Yes, it's very convincing. Um, okay, I, I accept, Nicole, I, I accept your honest, organic, innocent responses. I do. 
so so I know you're not trying to trick me, delude me, convince me. Uh, and that makes my response that much more honest and organic to you. No, you can't assume just because you play Eshu songs that that's going to evoke Eshu. Any more than singing Ave Maria is going to invoke the Maria, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, it, it takes much more than that. Um, it does take intent. It does take knowledge. It does take awareness. It, it does take familiarity. It does take practice. It does take several other physical elements that would also go into an invocation, a ritual, a ceremony. In terms of trying to invoke issue, it takes less to invoke the Holy Ghost. It takes less to invoke spirit. Uh, it takes less to invoke the dead. But but no, that that would not be issue. And thank you so much for your question. That 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 made my day. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for the question. And I hope you heard me clearly. You didn't uh, misinterpret my responses as as shade. Um, but no, that. That's not issue. That's not issue. Uh, let me look at my phone lines. Um, 305, you're still with me. 254, you're still with me. 612, you're still with me. Uh, 213, you're still with me. 301, you're still with me. 212, did I say that? You're still with me. 504, you're still with me. But you're also welcome to press the number one on you. The hour is 2 and 24 minutes. I'll be more than happy to unmute your mic if you have a question, a comment, or request for moving forward. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to keep it moving. I did want to talk about a few things today that I never did get a chance to address. Please, if you don't, check out allafrica.com, A-L-L-A-F-R-I-C-A, allafrica.com. Great news source that I, I use each and every day. Uh, I want you to check out um, GhanaNews.com. Forgive me, GhanaWeb. GhanaWeb, W-E-B.com, GhanaWeb.com. There are several news, entertainment, TV and radio, um, tourism-based, business-based, sports-based services that sort of intersect at the crossroads of GhanaWeb.com. So it's a lot going on on that main page, but you can click on the article, the subject matter, the topic uh, that might be of interest uh, to you. Uh, so that's a site that I visit every day, every day. Um, I also look at and, and encourage the visitation of Ghana celebrities. Um, it's a news rag, like in America. Um, today I looked at Castro Destroyer. Are you all familiar with Castro Destroyer? Similar to the daughter of Mami Wata, even six years in. Now, those of you who are unfamiliar, Castro the Destroyer, one of Ghana's most talented musicians, would have been 38 years old on the 1st of May, 2020, if he was still with us and undoubtedly would have had many hit songs from his last six years. Uh, he was a uh, hip-hop, R&B, uh, rapper, uh, kind of West African, uh, Ghanaian um, 
artisan before he disappeared. But the man who calls himself the destroyer is not with us. And while it's obvious that he is dead, there are pockets of Ghanaians, including his own friend, still hold on to the idea that um, he and his girlfriend were basically swallowed up by Mami Wata um, and are still alive somewhere. On the afternoon of July 6, 2014, that's how long this story's been, been going on in social media. Castro and his alleged girlfriend, Janet Bandu, was reported to have drowned in a jet ski accident in Ada Asturia during a weekend away with Ghanaian footballer Asamoa Guyan and others. Though the jet ski was soon discovered, the bodies of Castro and Jeanette were never discovered, sparking several nonsensical explanations as to what happened to them, especially Castro. And, and, and this story mirrors Tupac. You know, some of us just won't let Tupac go in and still swear Tupac is still alive. Some of you won't let go of Elvis and swear Elvis is among us and Elvis is still alive. So, so the shenanigans that we see here in the U.S. are not limited to the U.S. <laughs> okay. Um, so this story has been circulating since 2014. Idea that during the course of this skiing accident, uh, forgive me, I lost my place in in the story. Um, many explanations that came a spiritualist who claimed that Castro had gone to visit his wife who is the daughter of the mythical sea goddess called Mami Watsa. According to the spiritualist, I don't even want to say the spiritualist name, Mami Watsa had married off Castro to one of her numerous beautiful daughters, and therefore Castro had gone to visit his wife under the water. She said people from the marine world immerse themselves in our world all the time, and that she herself is one of those people who entered into this world by entering a pregnant woman's womb to be born through the normal route. The spiritualist made more claims according to her. If you seek her out, she could call either Castro or Janet Badu for whomever was interested to have a chat with them from their underwater residence. The Zipa Awagwa, I know I said I wasn't going to say his name, also said after Castro's spiritual wife is done with him, she would release him back to the physical world. When pressed for duration, she, of course, gave varying dates. Um, some take three years, some 14 years, she said, even others 21 years, some even six months or three days. But she suggests that Castro will soon reemerge from the watery depths of Mamiwasa to be reunited with us uh, here uh, among the living. So the shenanigans we see on Instagram, the shenanigans we see on Twitter, uh, yes, I do remember Chief Amachi. 
Yeah, I, I do remember Chief Amachi. And died right after the uh, uh, Mommy Watts initiation. Yeah, I remember. I, I do. I do. So um, it's not you. It's not personal. Um, it's not specific to America uh, or, or the UK, but it is specific to Western culture. And Western culture has, has made its way around the planet. Colonialism has made its way around the planet. Um, racism has affected the, the planet. White supremacy has affected uh, the entirety of the planet. So the idea that we must change our direction, change our minds, change our attitudes, change our, our Hello. We lost you on the phone lines. 